Welcome to the Bellingham Podcast for the week of February 23, 2020. This is episode 145. Broadcasting to you from the northwest of the northwest since 2016, I am Chris Powell. And sitting nearby, the king of content creativity, the squire of saucy stories, the emperor of excellence in podcast land. He's a real good boy, just ask his mom. The Baron of Bellingham's Barkley Borough, your friend and mine, Mr. A.J. Barsay. A.J., for the love of Blair, Natalie, Tootie, Joe, and Mrs. Garrett, tell them how you're feeling. I'm feeling, who are you talking about? What, 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 what's that reference? It's another 80s reference because I'm old. It's the facts of life. That's you, all good. You, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there it's you have good. Blair, Natalie, Tootie, Joe, Mrs. Garrett. It's yeah, all, it's all good. good. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. I just got uh, hot off the heels of a fabulous conversation, mm. continuing our community connections, conversations. The three C's. It's like the, the five W's. That's what, what you said. Yes. Right. I had a great conversation with Abby Russell, who's a program coordinator for Spark Museum of Electrical Invention. Uh, they are a fixture, no pun intended, here in uh, the city of... Subdued excitement? That's what you're, uh, That's how you refer to us. Yes. We had a great conversation, talked about uh, some of the history of Spark, and uh, talked about an upcoming event. Uh, not, uh, not, they are a nonprofit, by the way. Uh, they have their annual gala coming up. And they're the goods. And they are the goods. They are on our goods list. But uh, it was rather... A, intriguing conversation that went into a couple areas that y'all might not be associating spark with in a, a way to visit it. Are you saying that you might feel some electricity in the air if you go there? Is that what you're saying? Shockingly so, Captain. All right, let's take a listen. Well, Abby Russell, thank you so much for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Abby is a program coordinator for the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention, a place here in town that AJ and I have spoke of many times as far as a place to go and visit. Why? Because they just, they got the 2018 Bellingham Tourism Business of the Year. And so if that isn't reason enough, there are so many other reasons to visit the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention. But Abby, my question, my first question for you is what led you to getting to this current role you have as program uh, coordinator for the Spark Museum? Yeah, I uh, went to Western and I got my bachelor's and my master's in history there. Um, and when I started out, like most history students, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So uh -huh. I looked for an internship. Okay. Um, funny enough, I tried to get one at Watka Museum because um, I was more interested, but that didn't work out and I ended up here. All right. So I was here for a quarter, mostly helped out at the desk and stuff like that. Um, and then between my grad and undergrad, they were hiring for a part-time desk assistant. And I was like, I need a job, so why not? And I've never left. Um, so, All right. Yeah. And and I would imagine you had some preconceived notions upon uh, going to Spark. I believe it was under a different moniker at that time, back when you joined, uh, for the radio and electricity and stuff like that. What, uh, what was something that surprised you as you uh, went from front desk to being a program coordinator, program manager for the museum? Uh, yeah. So one of the things about us is that we are actually... Um, when I came on, I was came on as the third staff member. Mm -hmm. And so I was at first only part time, like I mentioned. Um, but even then, like looking at how an entire museum operated with only three people doing what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, we 
could not function without our many, many, many volunteers. But what astonished me and still does is like how varied my job is from day to day. As program coordinator, I have kind of the education program, the development program, the membership program, the volunteer program, all of that kind of under under me. I see, I see a huge amount of hats in the background uh, for what you're <laughs> figurative and literal that you're yeah. wearing uh, with it. Yeah. So that's a whole lot of work for uh, one uh, position. It is, but it's a lot of fun and it's never boring. Um, and again, right now we have two paid staff members. Um, and I became full-time when our education director um, left for new adventures. And so there's two of us right now that are paid staff. And we, um, I always kind of joke that job descriptions mean nothing when there's only two of you sure. at some point because you sort of end up jumping in and doing what needs to be done. Um, but that's also what's been made it. Excellent. That's that's wonderful. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some sparked museum history. Okay. So if my research is correct, uh, the inception initially occurred in 1985. Uh, in Fairhaven, uh, which is what in the location currently at Sycamore Square in Fairhaven, with with a with an informal collection of radio sets and spare parts and schematics and and, and such, and then in two thousand one, uh, moving to its current location here on Bay Street. Close. Close. Yes. close. Okay. Very so close. bring me up to date then. Yeah. So um, the the collection that we have is currently owned. It's privately owned uh -huh. um, by two men, Jonathan Winter and John Jenkins. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Winter had um, what a lot of people who are you know old time Bellinghamsters remember as what was in Fairhaven and also actually on railroad. It moved to railroad at one point. Okay. Um, and that is the collection that kind of a lot of like I said people remember. John Jenkins became involved. They combined collections, built the nonprofit, moved to this space, and created the museum. We actually started as, I think it was the Bellingham Antique Radio Museum or something like that. And then we were the Antique Museum of Radio and Electricity. Yes. And then we had a whole bunch of different names that never really captured like what we did or the public. Mm -hmm. You know, we had very low visitation, relatively low interest, except for, you know, those few diehard fans of, yes. you know, radios. Um, and then it was in 2012 when we became Spark Museum. So if I may mm -hmm. take a horrible analogy, <laughs> I'm going to give this a shot. That would be the lightning striking the clock oh, tower yes. like in Back to the Future <laughs> in 2012. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that everything kind of changed a little bit. Yes. I See, I, I say that because I just recently watched Back to the Future <laughs> with my wife. Uh, and so uh, at, once 2012 hit, mm -hmm. you know, that probably was a six-year path of growth. Oh, yes. And uh, attention and uh, visitorship yes. that led to that big old 2018 award. Yes, definitely. When we changed our name, we kind of everything changed. We changed our vision, or rather, maybe I just say we found our vision. Mm -hmm. um, we found our place in Bellingham. We found our place kind of in the broader, honestly, Washington area. Yes. Um, and yeah, our visitation jumped astronomically. And we were like, okay, now we're something or somewhere that people want to be. And we have something that people want. And so that was really great to find out. And we've grown since. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Now, AJ and I on the show often refer to various places in the heart of Bellingham as uh, the left atrium of the heart of Bellingham, the right ventricle. <laughs> I got to say, here on Bay Street, mm -hmm. the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention has got to be the bullseye dead center of the heart of Bellingham, uh, perhaps geographically, if not, uh, you yeah. know, lovingly. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of impact has Spark had for Bellingham's downtown and actually for the town itself uh, over these, let's just say, eight years since the 2012 shift yeah. uh, and the rebranding or refocus and revision? What kind of impact have you all had on the community? Well, in a really big way, one of the kind of 
big pieces of our history as a museum was kind of that revitalization of downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a big motivation for moving here in the first place. When the mall was put in, a lot of business went over there. And so downtown became a little bit of a ghost town. Um, And so Spark was a big, and John Jenkins specifically, was a big part of kind of that movement to build the arts district and revitalize downtown. Mm -hmm. So in in a big way, we were part of that. So that's kind of the beginning of that. You can't have heart without art. <laughs> that go. is very true. <laughs> um, but then since then, I feel like we have also just grown in terms of we're, we've become an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that and I still people will walk in and every day they're coming and they say, you know, I've lived here all my life and I've never been in. So we're this weird institution where everybody knows about us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned the tourism award. We have a lot of visitation from out of town and less visitation from directly in town. Our biggest visitation from in town is from schools. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. But we do, we've had a ton of impact on tourism. Um, People come from all over the place, specifically to see Spark. Um, And people come to Bellingham in general, like gangbusters. I mean, who wouldn't? It's Bellingham. It's one of the things Uh, to do. (laughs) Yeah. But we're one of those top things to do in Bellingham that people just know about, Um, which always astonishes me when, you know, we're this kind of little place in a little town. A secret weapon, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the school uh, part. You mentioned uh, how school field trips uh, are, are a big part of the uh, the week. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of the, the, what kind of, in your perspective as program coordinator, um, what are you seeing the reaction from the kiddos in mm-hmm. K-12? So, because I'm imagining, I'm imagining we'd be having elementary school, middle school, and high school students take part in the, oh my gosh, there's a whole lot of curious items and history and uh, pre-iPod, iPhone mm-hmm. uh, technology here. What kind of, what kind of uh, impact is having for the kiddos who visit? Yeah, that's, I think you hit it when you said curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we do is we sort of put this huge emphasis on curiosity, discovery, and imagination when it comes to science. Um, It's not uncommon for students, specifically girls, to drop out of science in middle school um, when they might have previously had an interest in it to drop out right around then. And a big part of it is because there there has previously been this huge emphasis on all the things you need to know, the list of formulas you need to memorize, the daunting tasks that, you know, that science just kind of incorporates. Uh Not to minimize those by any means, those are all important. But what gets lost a little bit is that sort of discovery, curiosity, and imagination that is really vital to science. And so we take a little bit of a different approach than you might in a typical classroom um, by emphasizing those things and talking about the history of science and the discoveries made and the fact that when, you know, people discovered static electricity, the first thing they did with it was make toys, right? Okay. Like that kind of sort of imaginative element to go alongside those classroom facts that they are also having to memorize. We kind of provide that inspiration, that reason why. Um, And we see that, right? When we have 60 kids from an elementary school come in and see the show um, Mm -hmm. and view the galleries, they leave going, I want to be an inventor because they've seen the first phone that they didn't even know phones could look like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember asking a kid once, what does a phone look like? And he said a black tra- uh, black rectangle. And it took me a second to realize that he'd never seen anything but a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like there's just this incredible kind of wonder 
that happens and that gets infused back into their classroom learning. At least that's our goal. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I would imagine goal uh, achieved in a lot of cases. And, and I've noticed in a couple instances, there's a lot of interactive mm -hmm. uh, opportunities here as opposed to like an art museum where you can't touch, mm -hmm. you just look. <laughs> uh, and so especially with... Uh, the big show that we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, there's a whole lot of opportunity for hands-on yes. learning yes. Uh, with these field trips. Yeah, we find that to be the, one of the most important things we do. Um, giving the kids the opportunity to get their hands on something, um, whether that's being the person to like turn on a music box that they didn't even know what it was 10 seconds ago, or you know, hold the records and pass them around, or call on the rotary dial phone and see if they can figure out which end of the phone to talk into. <laughs> Things like that. We laugh at this, but this is a challenge and we should yes. not marginalize our, our youth about that. But for the record, it is really entertaining. Absolutely. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, that, that hands-on component, you're right, is something that makes us a bit unique, especially compared to a, like an art museum, like you said. But even a lot of history museums, it's a lot of reading and it's a lot of looking, but not a lot of doing. Sure. Um, we kind of say we're mixed between a museum and a science center. Okay. Um, where infused into our galleries and the collection are those interactive. So they're not just interacting with um, toys, they're interacting with actual pieces of the collection, which is also something that you don't find in most museums. That is pretty rare, especially uh, some of the more modern ones that we have available yeah. for that. So we've talked about uh, tourism and how folks from out of town will come visit mm -hmm. Spark. We talked about kiddos in, this, in the K-12 uh, realm to come visit Spark. As we're recording this, Abby, we just concluded a, dare I say, romantic holiday uh, for, we, you know, for Valentine's Day. And I'm curious, for those who may want to think of uh, an original date night plan, how could Spark be just the ticket? Really great ways. So um, we, we are the perfect like date day location um, in that we are interactive. So there's always something to do. And there's also probably very much something that you'll have never seen before. So if you've got the first date jitters and don't know what to talk about, we're a really great conversation starter. Um, but one of the big things that we do is our show. Um, and in that show, there's the Cage of Doom, which we always love to make the joke of it's the perfect place to put the spark back into your relationship. Ah, um, uh, no pun intended. So, no okay. pun intended gotcha. at all. <laughs> you actually stole it from me, but anyway, please continue. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, um, we actually end up with a lot of people coming here on dates just because it is so different. It's not your traditional place. We are, we're, we're not traditional. <laughs> are you, are you hearing that single folks? We got your hookup here on the Bellingham podcast. Date night, at, date, 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 day. <laughs> date, day at the spark museum. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So Definitely. I'm sure you've seen a lot of awkward uh, post postures as people are standing <laughs> next to each other in some oh, cases. Yes. All right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very cool. So let's, 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 let's talk about the big show, mm -hmm. The Cage of Doom. Uh, according to what I've learned, it's 4 million volts. Yes, just about. Mm -hmm. in, of loose electricity. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe you could speak to that in a little bit. In one of the biggest Tesla coils in the country, mm -hmm. not just the city, in the country, uh, and the, the Mega Zapper show. Mm -hmm. So those are that's a tag team yep. of, uh, of global proportions. Mm -hmm. Tell us what someone who is uninitiated to the Spark Museum, because we talk about people not knowing this, uh, this wonderful opportunity here in Bellingham. Mm -hmm. What are they in for? Yeah, so um, it's definitely an experience, <laughs> to mm -hmm. say the least. Um, the show itself is about an hour-long experience where we kind of through demonstrations and quirkiness and jokes and a lot of puns you've probably heard, um, we sort of tell that history of electricity, uh -huh. but in a way that is super engaging. It's great for all ages. Um, 
and it's just it's a lot of fun and then that kind of culminating element is that mega zapper and the cage of doom um which is of course what everyone is here to see um and it is quite the experience it's really loud Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the first thing uh speaking from first-hand experience (laughs) yeah it will uh, plug your ears yes yes um we liken it to a jet engine Uh, whether that's accurate or not doesn't really matter it feels like it (laughs) um but yeah it's it is an experience. It's the closest you're ever going to get to real lightning and still be safe. Um, I was not that far from real lightning not that long ago, and it was terrifying. And this is at least not as terrifying, but it's just as exciting. Okay. Um, and so it's, yeah, you said loose electricity. That's exactly what it is. We let it loose. It gravitates towards the cage. And if you're inside that cage, um, you can reach up and touch the inside. And you are in the safest place in the room, despite being centimeters away from that Good to know. Yeah. All right. I, I experienced this firsthand in a previous uh, event uh, where Abby and I initially had a conversation uh, about that, and I was rather uh, impressed. It definitely is something to chat about uh, in the as the day date continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so with the with the Spark Muse- uh, Museum of Electrical Invention, uh, you are a nonprofit. Yeah. And along with most nonprofits here in Bellingham and Whatcom, uh, Whatcom County, there is a uh, annual gala. And uh, at the end of February, Leap Day, if I, if I got the information correctly, so on the 29th, the annual Spark Gala and auction will be held at Settlemeyer Hall at Bellingham Tech College. So for those attending the gala or for those that uh, may have time to uh, jump in and join in, uh, what will they be, uh, what will be in store during this fundraising event? Yeah. So um, we're doing, hopefully it'll be a really fun event. So one of the things we try to do is we sort of recreate that museum experience offsite. And so we bring some of our more popular interactives, some of our crazy wacky docents, um, and we sort of recreate the whole experience as close as we can in a new space. And so it's this really, for people who may not have been here, but were brought by a friend, it's this kind of great sneak peek of what we do. Um, and for people who know and love us, it's sort of this great like, oh, I remember this, I've done this before. And so it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we do kind of our, your pretty normal auction, raffle, mm-hmm. things like that, but we tend to get really quirky and great things for that. So you mentioned, you mentioned a phrase that maybe some folks, including me, may not be thoroughly aware of, and that's a wacky docent. <laughs> Great name, great, great start of a password for those yes. technology folks out there. Uh, but but can you give us an example of a wacky docent and what they might share or what the heck is that? Yeah. So docent is a word that is essentially just translates as tour guide ah. for lack of a better um, description. And so we have one of the best teams of docents, I think, that exist. Um, they're all sorts of people um, and it's they're just fantastic. And mm-hmm. so uh, what our docents typically do here at the museum is they sort of enhance that experience right for the people who don't want to sit and read the plaques right they're ready with the story and the crazy joke and of course as always more puns yes um (laughs) and they're giving the demonstrations and they're helping with the show Uh and they're doing all those sorts of things uh they they make the story come to life they do yeah and uh just out of curiosity uh might there be an appearance of a a zapper or of a a little bit of a visual uh loudness that might occur Okay, fair enough. <laughs> just perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see yes, for will. the 29th. So very cool. This is, uh, so th- this is very uh, helpful and informative. Now, I'm sure by now there are many people listening that want to be able to be involved because uh, for those of you listening, if you know what's good for you, you're going to want to take part with the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention. Uh, how would someone support 
if they can't make the annual gala, how can they support the museum? Well, obviously there's always, you know, financially, that's always a huge help when it comes to being able to expand our programs and things like that. Um, something that's unique about us is that we are predominantly self-funded. Um, so we don't get a lot of funding from grants or anything like that. We a little bit, um, but having people in the community actively support us in that way is super helpful because it helps us know, right, where, where the community wants us to go and we can help build the programs they want us to. So donating online or in person, just coming to the museum is a huge help. Okay. Um, also volunteering. Um, we're, if you're, if you feel like wacky docent describes you, we've got a place for you. <laughs> I think we have a couple <laughs> listeners that might fall yeah. into that category. Yes. Yeah. Especially with our education. So working with the children is one of the biggest places that we, um, always are looking for some help. We see right now about 2,500 kids a school year. Um, and that's growing. Let, let, let's just reiterate that. How many students a year do you bring into the museum? Through field trips, 2,500. 2,500 students yeah. are getting to experience the spark museum of electrical invention why listener at home or in your car are you not part of this experience please continue Um, but yeah working with the students is a really big um way to help just because it's it's unique to find people who are both science-minded and kid-oriented ah yes Um, that's a venn diagram of awesome right there yes it really is and so if you are that person please come talk to me um but we have a great team of educators here and um that's always there's always room for growth in that because the more we have the more students we can reach that's just the long and the short of it right on um and there are more people and more classrooms that we want to have in here um so those are two of the biggest ways another big way is board membership um our board is kind of in wonderful ways, always fluctuating and growing and things like that. And so if, if that is a level at which you feel like you can be involved, that's a really great way to come out and help us. That can, uh, that can be something for for all folks in in those Mm -hmm. ways to be able to help contribute and support as well. All right, Abby, um, with all of my community connections, conversation guests, I have a pop quiz for you. Okay. All right. We have not talked about these questions beforehand. We have not. Uh, I, we would like to get to know you, the person behind the M- online ambassadorship of the Smart Museum. Abby Russell, What? where is your favorite place to enjoy a beverage around Bellingham? Go. Ooh, um, in, uh, Environment-wise, I really like the honeymoon. Okay. Um, because it's small and it's quieter than most places, which is where I tend to gravitate towards. Um, I also tend to like some of the less crowded breweries. Uh-huh. So like, I really like Wander. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Abby. I think I, I'm sensing a kindred introvert. Uh, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I hear so. quiet. I hear not a lot of people. Uh, mi familia. Uh, yes. how, about, how about a favorite place for a bite to eat around Bellingham or Whatcom County? I really like Brandywine. Ah. Um, so that's kind of where I go and it's where I send people typically. Also, Black Sheep has Black become Sheep. a favorite. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've, I've heard some good things about that place. Yes. We've talked about it on Black Sheep on the show a couple times yes. and such. So not that this would ever be the case for you, but sometimes some people uh, kind of get a little stressed out at work. Oh, yeah. Never heard of that before. <laughs> and so should that time hypothetically ever occur to you, uh, where do you go to uh, uh, relax, unwind, recharge, process, or just de-stress for a while? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I there's a small stretch of the inner urban trail <laughs> that I really like. We'll leave it undisclosed yes, in the actual undisclosed. location. Yes, undisclosed. Please don't crowd my space. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
hear but, that? <laughs> but really, just anywhere where I can kind of, again, get away from people. Mm-hmm. Um, Marine Park is one of those as well, especially when I was in school, but even still. like I, It's like the best parts of Boulevard without all the people. <laughs> That's a great tagline. Uh, I, yes. I could totally see that. So somewhere on the interurban trail yep. and somewhere around Marine Park. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. So in, in kind of a generalized uh, question, Abby, what does Bellingham need more of? That's a really good question. Told you it was a pop quiz. Seriously. Um, what do we need more of? I mean, there's all the, I mean, there's the answers I very much agree with that everyone will say, which is things like affordable housing and things like that, um, uh-huh. which I will be fully on board with all of those answers. But I think one of one of the things I would say we need we need more of or we need more people to stand up for essentially would be people who are really compassionate and active. So it's people who are doing things, getting out there and volunteering, getting out there and doing all of those things. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Bellingham is probably in that sense, one of the most active cities I've ever spent time in. Sure. Um, But there's always room for more. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always room for more to get done. There's always room for more things to happen. And so just and in so many different sectors of of the community. Um, So that's I guess what I would say. Active compassion. Yes. Or compassioningly active. Yes, that too. (laughs) Very good. Abby, this has been wonderful. Uh, For those of, uh, for the listeners at home, uh, to check out more, www.sparkmuseum.org. How else can someone uh, pleasantly stalk y'all on the the (laughs) internet? We do have a Facebook page. um, And we also have an Instagram. I think it's Spark Museum on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Those are two most prominent social media platforms facebook and instagram and uh definitely and there are links on your website to yes. that very cool abby russell program coordinator for the spark museum of electrical invention this has been wonderful thank you so much for joining us on the bellingham podcast yeah thank you for having me Well, that was some electric chemistry, if you ask me there, Chris. Absolutely. It definitely helps when you have someone who is passionate about uh, their workplace. And it, it's evident in, in what Abby does uh, in as program coordinator for the Spark Museum. Uh, thank you once again, Abby, for joining us on the show. Continued success for the Spark Museum of Electrical Invention. So I have to say, that was interesting. Her, her whole shtick of the fact that, like, as a date night... That that's kind of fun. It is. And, it you know, it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day that we just had in recent memory. It can be any time, especially for a day date. Uh, now that, you know, the weather's getting nicer. You got a movie nearby. Oh, yeah. You got eateries nearby. You got drankeries across the street. And you got an experience. Do I have to say more? Electric Tesla coil cage of doom. Oh, it's it's beautiful uh, and, it, and it's loud. Uh, <laughs> a jet engine, I think, is what she referred to just, it as. Just about, yeah. Park somewhere in the heart, the bullseye heart, bullseye of heart. downtown. And uh, you, you, got a, you got a total date uh, experience. I got it. I got it. What's that? Because they're, they're electric, okay? They are, they are the defibrillator of the heart of Bellingham. <laughs> Patent pending right there, folks. Patent pending. uh, Sounds good. Why don't we stick a a fork? I don't have a pun for that one. Let's stick a fork in this show. That wraps it up for this 145th edition of the Billion Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember, you might be a fan of radio and the Spark Museum, or you might listen to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community-powered and streaming worldwide at KMRE.org. And on that note... 
Happy almost spring, everyone. I'm AJ Barsight. And I'm Chris Powell. Thank you once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Oh, we forgot this pun. Hey, hey, Sparky, do you hear me? That's like radar from MASH, right? Heck yeah. That's a 4077th calling on another 80s reference. I hear choppers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>